This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My passion is love, to become love, to be love, to open for love and to be in service to love. Love is a state of being and never a demand. However, we all expect to get love from outside, says Sabina. Valeria Tellez interviews Sabina Rademacher. She is a love and relationship coach, helping women and men break through blocks and find their authentic self so they can stop sabotaging love. In her work with women, she shows them that we came here for something so much bigger, greater than strategies to attract and care for a man. Sabina's life has shown her all aspects of what love is not. She had to learn it for herself. Only when she started to focus on finding herself, her life changed. Sabina learned that love is a gift, never a demand. But she, and we all, have been raised in a way that we get love only when we are not who we are authentically, but behave in ways others wish us to, from childhood on. We are trying to fit in. Being in international business arena for over 30 years, Sabina coached CEOs in international communication and leadership, where all conversations would always boil down to one sentence. If I would have more respect, more understanding, more time, more love, then I would be happy. Then I would feel better. This led her to dig even deeper. Her journey led her to see where she was not listening to her unmet needs and wants and constantly trying to get them fulfilled from outside of her. Sabina found her true values based on her needs, was able to establish her boundaries and found her authentic voice again. This route helped her to walk her talk and align to her highest goals, serving the higher good, helping other human beings who feel the longing in their heart for finding a deeper loving connection to self and others without losing their true authenticity and integrity. Through her own life journey, she was guided over and over back to one question, what would love do now? This question became the greatest gift in her own life. During her many years of living and working around the globe, facilitating, teaching, and coaching in intercultural communication and leadership skills, she realized that in the end, it all boiled down to the one core in all humans, love. Sabina's work, Being in Service to Love, which started in 2012, serves to end war on genders and bring peace to this world. Meet Sabina at sabinarademacher.com. Here's the interview with Sabina Rademacher.
in your own words, who is Sabina Rathermaker? Well, Sabina is a love and relationship coach, deeply passionate about anything what has to do and relates with love. I support people to really find self-love, true love in themselves, because I believe this is the pillar of any relationship. We can't go in any relationship without actually loving ourselves, but nobody showed us. <laughs> so I feel like I have experienced that in my life. And I would also say I have experienced what love is not to become a love and relationship coach. Yeah, that's a powerful insight idea, like what love is not, because we usually talk about what love is. So talk to me for a moment about that, Sabina. Love is not. My goodness, I just can look back to my own life and uh, love is not when parents abandon their child in an orphanage when at age two. Love is not when um, the partner, the husband is violent. Love is not when people dump you for getting older and saying you're not attractive anymore to me. That's not love. You know, there's so many other examples I could give, but I think these are the ones which people can relate to. Those are sad statements to hear, the lack of acceptance. What can we do in the case of not really realizing that? Because the first step, even before self-love, is to become aware, right, Sabina, that we are letting unkindness in. So talk to me about that for a moment. Well, I, I want to say that, first of all, it's it's totally understandable and normal that we don't have that awareness because as children, we depend on the love of our, you know, caretakers. And if they are there, then we do everything to please, to be loved. And most of the time, we are not accepted as we truly are. We are, we are not allowed to be the authentic me because our parents tried in one way or the other to make us behave or, you know, to their rules, to society, to culture, whatever it is. And so we learn from very early on to please. We learn from very on, early on to accept. And we start hiding parts of us which were named or labeled not so nice. So to find back to that awareness that some parts of us got, you know, shuffled down somewhere or not accepted and we keep hiding them and coming back to be authentic and vulnerable, that's a path. And it, it sometimes happens through what life teaches you, but I would say, you know, we can also avoid that and, and, and shortcut with with help through, you know, therapists or coaches or, 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 you know, there's so much given nowadays on, on online as well as courses to help you to, to get more to know yourself, where you're not true with yourself, where you're not totally um, authentic with yourself, where you're telling yourself stories. Right. How do you define authenticity? How would you describe what it is? That's a really good question. Oh, my God. I would say, you know, to recognize that that you're not authentic, let's start with that. It's when your finger is constantly 
pointing outwards, you know, to, to blame anyone or the circumstances around you for whatever's happening in your own life. And in one finger out, if you look at that, if you if you pull your hand and you put your finger out, there's three fingers coming back. And that's actually the work, you know, if you would look at these three fingers coming back, why do I have, why do I get in resonance with that? Why do I start needing to blame the other? What is triggering me there? Then I can start looking at what captures me, what is, what is deep down linked to my, maybe to my childhood trauma, to my caretaker's um, wounds, you know, they, they didn't do it on purpose. I want to believe that some, you know, some can really rough. I don't want to go there right now, but of course, I respect there's a lot of trauma out there, a lot of trauma. But let's just speak about the normal parents. They want to give the best to their children, but they just didn't know that, didn't know either. In any other way, they were educated as they were educated, so they're doing their best. But when we can get aware of, oh my God, this is triggering me because it was always my dad telling me or my mom or whatever, or it was because I felt I have a core belief, which is very unconscious core belief in me. I'm working with so many coaches who have these, I'm not worthy enough, I'm bad, I'm... I don't deserve love, you know, these unconscious beliefs which are constantly triggering us in our life to to then become unauthentic because we want to hide that vulnerable part that anybody can see that I'm not worthy of love, that I'm bad or whatever it is. But when we really get to it, when we really look at it and we got to understand this is what triggers me, that's what's running my show. And that's where I can start saying, okay, I want to change that. How do I become authentic? How do I become vulnerable? Authenticity and vulnerability is really much. So true. I love your wisdom. Yeah. How clear it is too. So true, Sabina. Yeah. Authenticity and vulnerability, they go hand in hand. They just go hand in hand. yeah, when I for for that for that authenticity and vulnerability, I need to have one important ingredient to come back to, which we get cut off as children, is to feel myself. A billion times to that, yes, to that, <laughs> to the freedom to feel. We need to relearn that, and I call it as as an emotional mastery to feel again because. We get cut off from the feeling of not so nice feelings because that's what the education indoctrination we get, yeah, from our parents and society. And and then when we shut off these kind of feelings, we don't want to feel them, for anger, fear, uh, grief. Then we also shut off to feel the beautiful feelings. You know, we get we, we get cut off as possibility of a human being of ability to feel my my coaching sessions is always asking the people so how do you feel about it and then they give me good you know this good or bad i said no give me other words because our vocabulary has become so generalized because we're not dare to go deeper in how that really feels so we need to keep back to the inner child so 
inner child is helping a lot with being able to feel again and be true. That's what I really feel. And then when I'm feeling, I can be vulnerable and say from when you say that or when you do this, this is how I feel without any blame. I can speak out my authenticity. I can be vulnerable and say, this hurts me when you do this. Or feel sad when this happens. I don't have to say every time you do this to me, you know, it's completely different. Would you say that that then is what love is, being authentic and vulnerable and being free to feel? Yes, absolutely. There are big ingredients and they need to be there for self-love. If I cannot be authentic with myself and vulnerable with myself, I cannot be with anybody else. If I tell myself stories and explanations and give excuses, my goodness me, if I do it with myself, of course I will do it outside of myself yeah. with anybody else. That's another powerful message in truth to me, very true to me. May I say something else there because I feel it's very important because when we always attract, I, I truly believe we always attract the perfect mirrors as partners in our life or most most of, most of all, it's the partners, they mirror us back, but we can also see it in friends or it can happen in professional life, you know, colleagues. Um, but in partners, it's so obvious that they will always reflect what we are to ourselves. That is amazing to hear. <laughs> Even to hear is fascinating. That makes me think about my relationship with my husband. <laughs> and I'm thinking here already of all the things that I need to see myself. So true, Sabina. How did you become a love and relationship coach? Oh, very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would have never thought I would get there. I was actually an international business developer. And I was traveling the world and um, opening up the businesses in different countries. And I loved that part. I loved meeting new cultures and people and just understanding. So I, from that on, I became more a coach in international leadership and in international communication. And when I was facilitating workshops, it was almost men because in that field, um, it's mostly men around the world doing that. And so standing in front of all these men and, and individual coaching, it was so interesting that it always boiled down to one sentence. And the sentence was, if I would have more respect or uh, attention or um, whatever, da, 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 then I would be happy. And then I, I equaled, okay, I was asking, meaning happy, feeling loved, because then the inner child came in. And often, you know, I brought some people to tears with that. And they said, yes. And I, I thought, how curious. I'm really, I'm, I was getting more and more curious on this question. And I started observing my own life and my own behavior because, um, you know, I, I have suffered from what love is not. So I noticed that I was running around in life with like a doggy, like a doggy that <laughs> just love me, love me, love me and look at me, look at me. And and then I observed that behavior and it just intrigued me more and more and more. So I really started focusing more and more on that subject and it became just naturally flowing into my coaching. And one day I just decided um, this is what I probably being called to because it just 
I feel like it's just flowing through me. I feel like guided coach and um, probably I found my purpose or my drama. <laughs> That's the message that you sent to me, like it's a, it's a transfer almost, that you're doing what you're supposed to be in life. The first time that I was in contact with your work, that's what I came across. It was very, very clear. So thank you for being open to that, Sabina. We're still doing the work of being open, right? To become aware of these things. And you know what? what's for me so important in life is that being open and the authenticity is walking my talk. Right. Being not just the messenger, but the message. Yeah, if I don't if I don't walk my talk, you know, this that expression that if I don't do what I say, because a lot of people say a lot and then they don't do it. So I really need to live what I I need to what I preach. I need to live. I need to be com- completely convinced. I need to work with it daily. Otherwise, how can I help others? It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. Yes, we have to be what we are trying to deliver. It seems very simple and very fundamental, but it's a practice, isn't it? It's something that we need to practice every day. Yeah, and it takes courage. Yeah. It does. Oh, my God, it does. It takes courage. I absolutely agree. I love the way you say that. You wrote to me in an email. You say, my passion is love, to become love, to be love. It's powerful the way you say that. It's like three phrases, powerful phrases, and especially the last one, to be love. And then when I I was reflecting, looking at this phrase, and ah, I mean, I I have to use the same word, I loved (laughs) reading this. and, And then I thought, how can we be love when we are already love? But that comes from the spiritual understanding that I have, that everything there is, is love. Mm. My question is, is your work influenced by any spiritual beliefs or spiritual ideas? Well, not anybody I could name. I I completely agree with what you say. We come here to this earth. That's my, my personal belief, yeah? Um, that we come as babies, as pure love. And if you look at nature, I feel everything is pure love. Um, but then we have this experience of duality in this lifetime. We get a lot to understand, you know, other things, which is not love, or we get disconnected from what love is. And and then we become this searching human beings of love outside of us. That's why people run around, I always say, going find, trying to find partners like going into a shopping mall with an empty chart. But love is inside of us and love is a state of being. It's, it's never demand, but we make it a demand. Life has become a demand of love. Just look at all this, um, the market, you know, the, the, how they make money with that kind of subject of love in books, in music, in videos, in movies, I just name it. And it, it, it will be, it's sold to us that then you're lovable, even if you're as women, as if you do all these operations, if you have this kind of diet, if you have that kind of makeup, if you do that hair this way, if you dress like that, if, you know, it's all kind of sold to us, then we are more lovable. And, what stupidity is that? But we believe it. You know, we believe, especially as women, we have been a lot of brainwashed of 
that we are not worthy if not, you know, besides the inner child who is maybe not feeling worthy anyway. But I feel like this coming back to our inner state of knowing we are love, but how does that look? You know, how, what is that? What does it mean? And how can I live in that state without making constantly demand on somebody else to love me? Yeah, wow, I love those questions too. Could you expand a bit on that, Sabina? You caught my curiosity. How do we embody this understanding that we are love? That's a good question. And I believe, you know, I haven't finished. I think this is a lifetime work. And coming back, I ask myself, truly, that's my personal way of living. What would love do now whenever I affront a conflict? And if anybody comes with something, of, you know, to me and I feel like, oh, my God, this is a confrontation. This is a conflict. This is an, maybe even anger or it's an attack. What would love do now? And I can't give the answer for anybody. You know, each human being is different and we're all individualistic and unique. But to find the answer for yourself before the reactive behavior comes out, what would love do now mm. is for me the biggest gift um, I found in my, in my life to live with. And then, you know, what comes to me is almost like a presence, the silence, and then just its presence has a lot of power. So it doesn't have to be expressed with words or actions. It's so powerful that it speaks in its own, stands in its own. Mm. It comes to me that way. It's something that to be explored, right? As a practice, I guess. Well, you're touching something very important here as well, the word presence, because I've you know, most human beings can't even be present with each other anymore, less with themselves, because we have all these beautiful gadgets and stuff to be distracted. And to find back to how can I be fully present with myself is is a big question within that. What what is love? You know, can I be fully mindful and present? Mindful is another very you know, it's a word which is, yeah, very actual and very out there. But for me, mindful, you know, for me, presence is more important. Can I be fully present? And I actually give a workshop which is called Making Time and Space for Love um, to help people to find back to that presence, to to understand how the, how we take it away constantly in the way we listen, in the way we speak, in the way we we try to ask for something, it's it's the constant unattention to where presence is. And in in relation to the question I had earlier, what is love? What would love to know? Can I stop for a moment being present with just my breath and feel myself? What has that done to me? So I can then ask the question, what would love do now? How would I react now? Can I just speak from... And again, here's the feeling. Can I speak from just what I feel right now, from my true authentic feeling without fear? Do I have the courage to speak out? I'm hurt. There it is. <laughs> no fear. That would make sense, right, Sabina? If we come from a place of love, then fear is not present. Absolutely. But fear may be present because 
you know, we just have been grown up with that constant fear of what would the other think if I say that or if I do that. So again, there is the courage coming in. Have, do I stand up for myself? And do I stand up in my coaching? I help people to really stand up for their inner child and say, your parents could not stand up for you because they didn't know better. You couldn't stand up for yourself and you're small to say something specific. But now you can do, you know, now you can stand up for this little girl or the little boy inside of you and say, I feel hurt if you say that. And what I really need right now is that without the fear of how the other person may react. That's an empowering practice, courageous practice, no doubt. Yeah, it is. Mm, and it's one that I'm constantly engaging myself in with my close family members, because it seems like that's the hardest, that's the, the most challenging relationships we have. Yeah, that's where the mirrors are. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> that is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's where we get our mirrors, where we can learn from. <laughs> What is your idea of balance? How do we balance those, you know, so many truths and so many contradictory situations and ideas? Well, absolutely, absolutely right. There is, you know, and what do we do out of that unbalance or the or the discomfort of the how do I find the balance? Most of the time to consult with an outside source instead of really learning to listen to our deep inner wisdom and uniqueness of our wisdom. You know, we came here for a reason as a very unique person and all of us, each person has our unique wisdom inside, which is only true for me. It doesn't, it's not true for you. You know, whatever is true for me is true for me, but how do I get there and to trust it and to listen to it? And, For me to find this balance, it's it's daily work. It I need to I I do every day emotional mastery. So I'm really getting grab of my not so nice feelings because if I don't hold them in a safe container every single day for 10, 15 minutes as in the meditation, um they will they will um pour out of me if I, you know, they will just show up whenever without you couldn't be able to control. So that is the first part. I really try to get balance into my day with meditation, holding my mastery, being sure that I live my not so nice feelings so they don't show up anywhere else because I don't suppress them. Listen to my deep inner wisdom. What is for me important right now today? Um, and if, if decisions coming up or, um, yeah, difficult moments, I, I sit back in stillness and listen. And I listen inside. And that's practice. I didn't, you know, didn't come from a one night. It is just practice for us to come over and over and over back to ourselves to trust that voice inside of us. Not, there's two different voices. It took me a while to really differentiate, but it's really clear when you got it. It's one is the ego mind speaking, and it has a different tone than the deep inner belly wisdom. It's a different voice to it. And we can, if we really listen to it, we can hear it. So listening and trusting. And I love the way you talk about the feelings, the, the ones that are not so pleasant, So 
kind of uh, making them feel safe too ahead of time, like through meditation. That is very refreshing and unique to hear that. That's very, very beautiful, Sabina. Thank you for saying that. You're very welcome. For me, it's very important in the morning to do these meditations as well, to check in with my inner child. It's very important what she would need today or what she would love to do and I make sure I fulfill her the wish. And to because it's so part of our deep inner wisdom, but also of the, in this case, we're both women, it's also how we connect to our deep feminine power again. And the ability to lean back because as women we have learned just to be so much in our masculine into the doing, 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 doing. And yeah, this is not why we came here for. <laughs> Would you call the balance of the feminine and the masculine within us? That's what we are trying yeah. to get. Not as yeah. a destination, but a fun place to be, right? Yeah, it's interesting you call it a fun place to be. I wouldn't have said that myself. It's interesting. Um, but it it is so important that our masculine holds the feminine because then the feminine can relax and can surrender and can feel the intuition and can hear the intuition. If we are too much in our masculine, then we are too much in the doing and we can't surrender and relax the feminine. And and that will be attracting as well outside of us. You know, if you're too if you are too much in our masculine, we probably attract um, people around us, especially partners who are not in their masculine. <laughs> that is interesting to hear <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm listening <clears throat> and kind of thinking about my husband. <laughs> that I think of him as a very manly man. You know, the way he looks and everything, but he has a very feminine side. Mm. So hmm, that's interesting too. Kind of, yeah, you made me think now, Sabina, <laughs> going back to the mirrors, right, in our lives. Yeah. We need to allow men to be really be men, and for that we need to learn to lean back. But we women are far too, you know, when I coach men or coach, I give workshop for men, men's group, they always say, oh, I don't want to get home because my woman is just nagging, nagging, nagging. And becomes this nagging voice and tells me everything what I have to do. And and it's true. You know, I can recognize that I have been there too. Um, but we don't allow the man to come into its masculine because we're taking care of all it and tell him constantly what he has to do. And yeah, that's not good. Wow. <laughs> I've been doing this lately. <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, and he really got really upset the other day. I was asking him to clean the carpet. Just imagine, just feel into him. It's It sounds like a mommy, yeah? Yeah, He's true. Like a mommy. And do you feel this is in any way attractive or sexy to be in bed with mommy? No. So lean back. Lean back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to hear that too. <laughs> about leaning back. Right, thank you. <laughs> and I was about to ask him something else today and then I stopped. <laughs> Maybe because I read some of your, your advice already and I didn't. The doing thing, right. Yeah, we are tapping into the topic of walking in your soft feminine power. A beautiful, inspiring topic just to read. It's This phrase is just beautiful. It's very inspiring. How do you meet new clients? How do they meet you? How do they find you usually? If somebody wants to get in touch, what's the best way to do it? To find me over my website 
or any social media, but how people come to me, you mean how they find me in general? Yes, yes, Sabina. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I'm doing far too less or too little promotion, but I, I feel lucky and feel very blessed that people find me. I don't know how. Probably most of it is word of mouth, but yeah, I don't know. Some people just show up. I, I, I always trust in universe that, you know, the right people will find me. Um, I'm not a coach drumming a lot of drums out there, but I just love to have a specific amount of coaches who I can really, really dedicate myself to for the journey because the, the journey to inner love is around 10 weeks. And then I want them to be, I want to be available for them fully. So I take a certain amount of clients on and then when they're, with the journey done, then I take new clients in. But I'm I'm open to any ideas if you know how I can promote my work more. <laughs> yes, I'll definitely have your website on your podcast profile. I have the website here, and I also have the workshop that you offer. I have the link too, and that is with I believe Even Bright. Even Bright, yes. So there's two workshops. One is the regular one every month, Making Time and Space for Love, which is for free. And the Walking in Your Soft Feminine Power, I just started it recently because I became aware how important that is for the feminine to to understand leaning forward uh, and leaning back and versus forward and bring more awareness to that. And I have hold I have I've held only one, but I will put it up again. When you have that link, please send it to me. You know, update the podcast profile. Under the topic of self-love as a pillar for any relationship, you mentioned establishing our values and boundaries. And then you also mentioned the same pretty much boundaries. That topic comes to life again under the topic of walking in your soft feminine power where you mm. ask the question, do you break your boundaries over and over again? So this is something that I would love to hear more from you because it's uh, something that I have a challenge with as well. I know a lot of women do. Yes, so I would yes. love to hear more about it, Sabina. Yeah. Thank you. It is, it's a very important subject. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. But first of all, I believe most of us women, we don't even know our boundaries. Um, actually the men either, but I'm talking now more to the women. That's why we break them over and over again. If we don't know our boundaries, then we don't have, we don't have a strong inner masculine. And if you don't have a strong inner masculine, of course, we, the feminine constantly tries to please and to do everything for the man instead of really standing up for herself and saying, this is my boundary. So the, I would say the work of understanding your own values and your boundaries and non-negotiables is vital for any, before we go into the relationship, we need to understand for ourselves, what is it for me? Because every time I have coached somebody in it, they say, oh my God, now I know who I am. I feel like I have a safe container around me. And this safe container is that inner masculine and with that safe container, you know, of course, once you know it, you have to practice that, of course, you know, to speak out about your values and your boundaries and non-negotiables. You need to practice them and to start living them. It's again, walk your talk. Yep. 
But if we don't know them, we will break them over and over again. And then that's what happens, that we get disappointed, we attract the wrong man. We, yeah, it's, it's how many times I hear women say, well, I just, you know, I just, if I don't, if I don't have sex with him, then another one will. But I, is it really what you wanted at that moment of time where you really, then we come back to through and authenticity. Was it really something you really wanted in that moment of time? No, really. Yeah. But we have been with that with our liberty of the feminine, the emancipation. I'm not saying this has been, you know, there was good for, for many, many, many reasons, but I feel like we got far too much into the masculine way of doing things. And we are not masculine. We want something else. We came here for something else. We came here for something much bigger and that is love because women are actually, and I'm really convinced about that, in true love, empowered, grounded, intrinsic love. And they carry that inside of them. And I think that's why we are also the mothers. We are the ones who become mothers. And with that love, we, if we really listen and surrender to that love, then we can help the man to lead to their lead them to their heart as well. But constant masculine, constant doing. We only are in the same space as they are in the mind. What would be a good, let's say, reference for that, Sabina? Like yourself, and if it is yourself, the reference of balance, of honoring your feminine power, what does it look like if you can describe with words? You mean in a practical way? Yeah, on a day-to-day life, moment-to-moment, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you asked me because I really had to get, allow myself, allow myself to get back into this because we got so used in not, not allowing us that. And I probably will ask you a question after that. May I ask that question first? May I ask that? little question like a little meditation for for you and, and the listeners but if you close your eyes and if see if these words would land and how they land inside of you in your body is it possible for you to have a relationship in your life where you feel fully cherished and loved for who I am and I'm prioritized all the time I'm adored completely I'm at peace with myself. There is no need to prove anything. Not needing to do anything to be good enough. How does it feel to be in such union? And take a deep breath. Mm, Amazing. (laughs) It feels amazing. Yeah. So... I would say leaning back, which is really for me, had to come back to learning not to chase elements. I mean, not really not calling them and showing interest, you know, like just let them do, not running after them. Not when they're near, when they're next to me, then it's just let him be that he can do for himself. He can decide for himself. I don't have to do this, do that. If you're sitting in a car, get lost I don't and I know the way I don't have to tell him 
you know, take and right or let's rush to get the let's get let's rush to get to the airport. Let him do it. Lean back. Let him sit it out. Make that effort. That's what the feminine does. We got too masculinized. Men are very confused because they can't show up anymore as men. We don't let them be. Let I let, I let my I, I do everything. I wait that they hold the doors open, that they bring flowers, that he pays whenever he wants. He sort out the stuff where to go and how. I don't give him the house, the instructions. It may sound very old fashioned, but that's what the real feminine does. She just leans back and let him do it. It feels like a meditation. It is like being a guided meditation. What came to me was um, that this happened, or it still happens, that women have taken the driver's seat and then become yeah. more masculine because I think trust has been lost too, where a lot of men, unfortunately, have abused that leaning back of the feminine. And then they kind of misinterpreted at some point in history, not sure when. And then women became abused for doing that, for just letting them lead the way. And we see where we are now with a lot of men leaders who are making a mess out of this reality. Yeah, I agree with you, Valerie. There is a lot of, in our collective consciousness of the feminine, there's a lot of pain. And, um, you know, the wisdom of the feminine has been burned on stage, stage, stage stages, no, stages, how you call that? You know what I mean? Burned on how oh, you call fires, it? the stakes, fires. they were, yeah, they were with the witches, yeah, yeah. right? I think you're witches. speaking of witches, yeah. I yeah. mean, they were considered witches, which is just intuitive, very intuitive. Yeah, because thing. that was the female power, because every man is actually fearing the power feminine so the wisdom when we were burned as witches because we knew something else and that was then was told to us what we are supposed to behave and what you know what we're supposed to do but there is that pain and that that fear in the collective consciousness of all of us and that is work we have to do as well for ourselves but if nowadays and i have felt and that I have been abused by men too in my own life. I was a long time the victim player on that. But I can see now that what I did not was, A, I was never putting myself up as number one priority. I always felt not worthy enough of love. And the second was, and that was a trauma from, from my childhood because my parents abandoned me when I was very young. But um, the second one is because I didn't have any boundaries in place. I had no clue about my boundaries. So if I don't have any clue about my boundaries, of course men step in and just take over. Because I'm not saying, hey, stop right here. This is a no-no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, very good point. That's true. It is a collective fear in women. So that's another truth to be aware of. These, yeah, these if we days. all would step back into our true feminine power, we would start, it's like a ripple effect. I, I truly believe that and I hope, that this, may this be a prayer, what I'm just saying here to you, that all women wake up to it. I, I want to live in a world where women are empowered 
and they stay in their true feminine powers. True feminine powers are they can feel themselves totally, they're listening to themselves, to their intuition, they're able to express themselves truly and authentically. They are connected with the inner intuition and, and especially nature because nature teaches us. So we are almost at the end, Sabina. Thank you so much for your beautiful presence, for all the wisdom, timeless wisdom that you share and the work you do, the way you do it. It's simply beautiful and inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for your time and invite me for this podcast. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. So before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything else that we didn't discuss today, that we left out for some reason? I can't think of anything yet. And excuse me, maybe because it's very late here. <laughs> I can't even think anymore. I hope, I think it was very clear. I just wish that women come to my free workshops and get to understand a little bit of my work. And I always offer free uh, chats and coaching sessions because I truly believe that with my questions, when they speak to me the first time, they get some insights and, and then they can take it from there. I have been the witness today of the <laughs> power of your presence. It's really, <laughs> truly inspiring in so many ways. Uh, thank you again, Sabina, for being you. Thank you. What is another word for freedom? Hmm, another word for freedom? Yeah. Well, I would probably say love. And my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die, before this freedom of love, of course? Um, the first one I would, I would wish everybody to feel themselves for one moment, hopefully longer, to feel that self-love, to be one's number one priority for themselves. I really wish that every human being. The second one is to experience a sacred union in lovemaking, in, in, in the partnership, which is completely where you feel completely seen and heard by the other and valued and appreciated and shared, cherished. And, and that in any relationship, any human kind relationship, that any conflict will always be immediately repaired. And that is an experience which we can, of course, practice and learn as well. So we, we would never have to carry on with any of this pain and hurt if we would repair immediately. So true, which is the work of healing, right? I often yeah. use this word. Thank yeah. you so much again, Sabine. There's so much to uh, appreciate about you and what you do. It's just um, incredibly enlightening and enriching. So thank you so much again, I have to say that, for being open to life <laughs> and letting <laughs> this wisdom to just flow through you the way it does. It's truly beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Valeria, for your time. Take good care and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sabina Rademacher and her work, please visit sabinarademacher.com. To 
want more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.